Welcome to Piecemeal, a podcast hosted by the EMILY Program and Veritas Collaborative. Piecemeal covers topics related to eating disorders, body image, and how society may influence our thinking. Please use your discretion when listening and speak with a therapist as needed. I'm your host, Jillian Lambert. We are very excited about today's episode. It is a look back at some of our favorite moments of the podcast this year. Moments where our guests shared beautiful words of wisdom and hope with those currently struggling with an eating disorder. If you're familiar with our show, you know how we often ask guests with personal recovery stories some version of this question. What would you tell someone listening right now who believes recovery just isn't possible for them? Or what perspective might you share with those doubting their ability to recover? Here are some of their answers. Maybe it's it's saying that like I I get where you're coming from that potentially my story makes you feel like great good for you like I'm still stuck in this hole and how can you understand person in a podcast how I feel I want to tell that person like how you feel when you're listening to this podcast like that's normal I've felt that too it, it makes me emotional knowing that that person's in a hard space and place I really encourage the person who's feeling like that to reach out to a counselor and, and unpack that emotion with them and, and share that you heard this story of, of someone and it caused a few triggers that made you feel, you know, stuck even more, but you're not. I get it. Um, even though I don't know them or you don't know me, I get that feeling of kind of feeling as though no one understands how you truly feel. And, and that's a conversation to unpack with a counselor. I felt that way for so long. I heard stories and felt exactly that way. I guess I would say that if you're in that dark place, that it's it's okay. I mean, it's okay to be there, um, and you don't have to be there alone. I also I really believe that there's something happening there. Like even in those like seasons that feel really like barren, like winter, like. I think that there's growth that we we don't always know that it's happening like under the surface. And so like if you're struggling, I hold that I like I hold that hope for you that it's not lost time that there's something growing and I've known that to be true. Like I've lived that to be true that life comes back and it's not forever and it's I mean it the really hard parts are like part of the journey and part of a journey you're capable of being on I would say to anybody struggling to choose healing above anything else that living life the way you have been and choosing a path of recovery they're both extremely hard but from my experience it was way harder to keep struggling than to choose a life of healing and They both wanted to take up space in my life. They were both hard. I felt like I was going to crack and, you know, tumble under both of them. But healing, healing wins. It just does because you're doing it for yourself. Like it's really important not to, (laughs) to realize that every single eating disorder is worthy of recovery and is a serious, serious issue. Don't compare your eating disorder to anybody else's everybody's on it like a different timeline a different I don't like to use the word like journey all that much but like everybody is on a different journey in recovery 
Uh, well, first of all, I've been there. I have also been in that seat where I'm like, this is bogus. I don't believe any of this at all. It might be nice for you. So I've, I've been there and that I think it's okay to have those thoughts. And I think it's okay to struggle and to feel like recovery seems so far in the distance. But what I would say is hold on to those slight mini steps forward. Sure. If you don't believe in the whole nine yards of recovery, can you just wrap your head around today, just treating yourself a little bit nicer than you did yesterday? You know, can you help yourself to eat breakfast today just because you want to show yourself a little bit more love? Because I think that as you continue to do that, you will start to see those little shines and those little glimmers and, and think like, oh, I can do this and I do deserve to do this. You know, and I, I think that that's the most important is just these little milestones, you know, like you don't need to eat the whole elephant today. And that's probably like a terrible pun or something, <laughs> but, but just little, little wins. And, and to know that even if it doesn't ring true to you, that you are good enough and that you do deserve it. And to, to remind yourself sometimes of that, even if it doesn't ring true, because like we were talking with rewiring your brain, eventually that will start to resonate with you and to see more true as it goes on. I think we all want, not want to, we are all forced to by an eating disorder think that like we are different because that is what keeps it alive. And being able to one, separate yourself from whatever the eating disorder is. So whether that means thinking about who you were before it happened or thinking about the type of person that you want to be, there's a reason why you think everything that is positively reinforcing your behaviors. And if you or someone else, if you're not able to, is identifying what you're doing as an eating disorder, I think the best thing I ever did and the hardest thing I ever did was take my hands off the steering wheel and give it to someone else, give it to a professional because they did know what they were doing. And those you know, months that I was in treatment that, yes, I may have slid back after I left. But during those times when I was really, truly listening to people who knew what they were talking about, I was doing very well. You can't do it alone, that's for sure. And you need, you need people who understand, but who will also push you to make changes. Yeah, I would probably tell her that it's not her fault that, you know, diet culture is rampant and there's constantly people around you that will tell you you're not worthy because of, you know, the size of your body, the color of your skin, but you know, you're strong and you're worthy and I wouldn't let anyone else tell me otherwise. For those of you who are really thinking that right now, I want to say I get it. Like I get why you feel that way in, in a culture that has conditioned us from day one of being here on planet earth, that our worth is equated with the way that we look. I understand why you feel that way. And my hunch is you wouldn't be listening to a podcast like, like this <laughs> piecemeal if there wasn't a part of you that knew that you wanted to at least have a different experience of your body. And can we tune into that part of you that's like, hopeful, right? Can we turn it, tune into that part of you that wants this? Can we tune into this part of you that, that actually like believes that this could be possible for you? Even if it's like the tiniest little speck of dust, right? That's actually all we need to start seeing you make incremental, very, very small changes into how you're relating to your body that could yield, you know, tremendous results. What you eat doesn't determine your identity. 
like if food is on your mind and it's preventing you from living your life to the fullest or it's resulting in thoughts that are negative then that is a part of your life that's you know it's preventing you from living the life that you really want to live and it's the same thing with exercise if it doesn't feel right if it doesn't if something doesn't make you feel happy then there's something there that it's it's preventing you from shining and i think it was something that was so hard for me to accept that maybe that identity like i never created that identity for myself i kind of just you know that's what i perceived others thought of me but when you finally kind of let yourself be who you are that's when you feel your best people can really accept who you are people will they'll fall in love with who you are and it has nothing to do with the food that you eat it it has it has to do with you and what you like something i learned early on is that it's not enough to want recovery you have to be willing to do whatever it takes i'm sure that most people will be like sure yeah i want recovery why wouldn't i but i think for that to happen and it is a long difficult windy twists and turns process you have to be willing to do whatever it takes if someone's not willing to to go down that difficult road recovery probably isn't going to happen but again you can't tiptoe around the so-called elephant in the room the only way out is through i would say i can i definitely understand that and i i was in that place i remember being in that place for a long time where i couldn't even imagine myself telling a therapist much less someone I knew, much less talking to strangers or being very open about having an eating disorder or having gone through therapy or, I mean, I, I remember even when I, once I was in therapy, these moments where it just seemed like there was no light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like, I'm just going to be fighting this my whole life and I'm not making any progress. But I, I would say I am a very stubborn person <laughs> and I had, I struggled with my eating disorder for a long time. So if I can do it, I think anybody can do it. And it's all about tiny, tiny steps. And that was a hard thing for me to get used to at first, but once you build some momentum, the next step gets easier and the next step gets easier. It, 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 re it really is a process of momentum, I think. And it's all about tiny little steps and tiny little instances of, of progress. Like I said, I'm incredibly stubborn and if I can do it and if I can change, I think anybody can change. I think it's very telling just from my story in that I needed the space during quarantine to really abandon anything else and solely focus on, on my healing and my recovery, how important that space and how important that time is because one of the questions that I asked myself before going into recovery is, what does life worth living mean like to you? And I like wrote a list of like, these are the things that make life worth living that I want for myself. Because ultimately, you either choose recovery and you choose healing, or you choose a life dictated by food and by your body. So you have to make that choice for yourself. And it's terrifying 
and it can be incredibly overwhelming. But I would, I would, you know, just say that if you, if you number one, give your space to think about that, about a life worth living and how to get those things and also give yourself the space to work through those things and to confront all of your past issue, past or present issues with eating disorders in order to get to that space, it is, it changes your life. Like it really truly does. And it's one of the hardest things you'll have to do, especially just the choice of, of making that decision. But if you delay your recovery, you delay your life. I kind of felt the same way. I kind of thought that this, these kind of eating disorder thoughts were just like, that was what my brain was like, that that was the, that was how I was going to have to live forever. And it's not. (laughs) And um, if I can, I mean, I really think that if I can recover, anyone can recover. I mean, this was like my thing. This was my best friend in a messed up way. And my whole inner world was this eating disorder. My inner world looks completely different for today. And I think, you know, I just think that it's a slow, like, you know, also we can be really, us eating disorder people can be really hard on ourselves. And I lived one way for many years. And so learning to live a new way, think new thoughts, have a new perspective, give yourself some patience, give yourself some time. And I really do believe that if it's possible for me, it's possible for anyone. What I might say is that if you are listening to this podcast, you are showing up for thinking about yourself and your experience or the experience of your children or a loved one in this way, right? If you're tapping into a resource that maybe that is, that is good enough for where you are right now. And that that sort of attention just to this experience is, is a, is really is really good work. And it's okay if you don't you aren't ready to take any advice I might give. And also maybe because I'm not giving it, but but that showing up, even just dipping your toes in is still really valuable. I didn't think it would happen for me either, truthfully. And I would say that it might not happen tomorrow or next week. But all the small steps you're doing towards recovery are adding up. Like every meal, every snack, every time you defy the eating disorder once is adding up to a longer and stronger recovery. And it's a long road, but eventually through all of the work, it does pay off. We are so grateful to the guests who have shared their stories with us this year and all the guests we've had on Piecemeal so far. Each story is unique, and they're also incredibly united in possibility and hope and a firm belief that recovery is possible and worth it. If you're currently struggling with an eating disorder, please know that you are not alone. There are people who get it, people who feel the way you do, people who have been where you are, and there are people who want to help you wherever you're at right now. We'll be back with recovery stories and more in the new year. In the meantime, we wish you and your families a safe and peaceful holiday. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 
Learn more about us at emilyprogram.com and veritascollaborative.com or search Emily Program and Veritas Collaborative on social media. Piecemeal is produced by Angie Mitchell and Nancy Linden with music by Dan Forkey. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening.